Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am Tammy. And I'm Michelle. And we have decided to leave out the episode number completely because to Michelle's point, we don't remember it anyway. We don't remember what it is anyway. And then we have several really cool interviews coming up, but like the, the recording schedule is a little bit up in the air. So like if we say it's 86 and then we have to change to 87 and then I have to get back in my podcast closet, which you know that I love, but I have to hook everything up. I have to try to make it sound the same. And that is totally ridiculous. So welcome to whatever episode this is. Yes. Right. Yes. We don't know what it is. Welcome. We think it's in. Yeah. We think it's in the eighties. So last week we started talking about this concept of belonging and we focused mostly on adults and talked about a few things and Michelle really, you felt pulled, didn't you about the, the younger ones? Yes. Yeah, so we, we talked about some different TikTok challenges and some kids getting themselves in trouble and, um, and that's kind of where the, the topic came from with belonging. So just to kind of open a conversation about that, we love always your feedback, any messages you have to, to send us on, on this. Yeah. We absolutely would um, follow up on that with another podcast, but today we are, we're just talking about what are some ways, how can we create a greater sense of belonging um, mm-hmm. within and- our community, within our teens? Yeah. And even if you're, I think we mentioned this last time, even if you're not a parent, I mean, most of us have someone young in our lives. I mean, it could be a grandchild. It could be a niece or a nephew. It could be when you're at church, you know, maybe you work around youth at church or whatever it is, but I think we can all have that positive influence on youth. And as we were talking, actually, before we, we always have, we always have really good conversations before we start recording and it's although we are recording but there are things we wouldn't want to put on here either like you know eating crackers or whatever because i just ate a bunch of um toasty cheese it's which are the best um anyway we had a really good conversation and michelle was talking a little bit about like because last time we focused on adults and as we transition into talking about helping adolescents she was bringing up a little bit about her growing up period and, and how her family kind of viewed family versus belonging or t- talk about that, Michelle, cause you brought it up a little bit. Yeah. And, and like in researching for this podcast, both of us um, found a couple of articles and it, they were focused on teens and belonging, social belonging, family belonging, and so forth. And one of the articles learned talk about that Tammy found talked about how creating different, um, a strong sense of community within your own family by doing some different things can really help um, foster that sense of belonging. And I think um, that's kind of what spurred the conversation, kind of thinking back, uh, my mother, who was one of the most, you know, she loved us dearly. She was very guarded in what she wanted us to share. And she had good reason for that. My mom, um, her background, go ahead. Wanted like as her children. Yes. Um, So there's me, my brother, my sister, and the oldest of three. And she, um, growing up, her dad um, was in, so he, someone followed him home after a bar fight and you know, threatened him, was going to get a gun and her dad shot that person and mm-hmm. he died. And um, 
he ended up going to um, prison for that for 18 months. And so the story kind of goes that they told him, you know, if you you say you're afraid of that person, then, you know, you, it'll be self-defense. And he would not do it because he said, you know, I wasn't afraid of that person. So I'm not going to lie and say that I was. And so like he ended up when my mom was in middle school going to prison for 18 months. And so that you can imagine very, very small town. Mm-hmm. And um, of course it was very hard on my mother. She endured a lot of bullying. She yeah. got lots and lots of fights <sighs> and it was just really terrible. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was very hard on her and it was very important for her that we not share anything that we might be looked down on, I guess is the right right Mm -hmm. way to put it with people outside of our family. She was very protective. She's very protective of us. And she just did not feel like, I guess she didn't feel like the outside world was a safe place to share your stuff. And, you know, based on her experience, which is, you know, completely understandable. Um, So all that said, there's really only a certain amount of community or belonging you can foster when you're being very guarded and so there's about, you know, there's, um, was it, kind of, was it like, I'm sorry, but was it like okay. the message that you had was that the only safe place for you really was within, according to your mom was within the confines of your family. Yes. That yeah. was it. Yeah. And like a few like outside individuals that were also kind of non-immediate family, but people, I mean, if, if I'm really looking at it, people who there really wouldn't be a consequence to whatever was going on people that would be very protective and not bring in anybody from the, the outside right and so what is a pretty and i mean i mean as an adult that's a pretty unhealthy way to um, proceed so we i mean we can kind of acknowledge that now but yeah i don't think i realized till just now like i mean my different reasons but you know my mom after my dad left and her mental health just took a complete spiral. Um, she pretty much sent us the message that the world was not safe and we just all needed to, to bond together. And it didn't, we didn't need to, you know, she didn't want me to go away to college. She didn't want, you know, if there were friends to be had, they needed to be at our house and that, that was the safe place. And I, I guess I didn't make the connection. That was one more thing that we both experienced. And we had talked in a podcast, uh, in the podcast we do with Jen Walden, kind of her and I had talked about both being people who are um, like, we have a small group of close net friends. Mm -hmm. I have a small group of of people who really know me well. And I have a lot of people I know, but as far as like people who really know me well, yes, pretty small group. And you know that, like, um, we've talked about that before as well. So. And you're much better about that, about being open. So. Well, unfortunately, my family doesn't, you know, we were talking to before and I was, because we were going to, you know, we're focusing here on mainly on, on young people and adolescents. And I'm like, well, I have some stories about my kids, but you probably, you probably won't throw yours under the bus, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> well, it, that did affect your sense of like, did you, do you remember as a adolescent, as a teenager, like struggling with that, like struggling with having a group to fit in with, or did you just feel like home was the place and you didn't really recognize that 
it would be good to have some other relationships. You know, it was the same even back then. I had a very small group of close, um, of people that I was close to mm-hmm. that kind of knew what was going on, but, you know, not a, a large group of, And I was very protective of my mother for that's another story for another time, but, um, and I know you can relate to that as well. You can relate to that as well. And so like being very protective of her and trying to, um, keep some things from happening to her. I feel a future series on being a daughter. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Being a daughter. Yeah. We definitely have some stuff we could share on being a daughter. Yes. I didn't even think about, but that seems like a good topic. Um, So you sent me, like, I think we all like on one level know that adolescents struggle to fit in. Maybe you should share a little bit about the article that um, you found about community. And then we'll talk about kind of the pros and cons and um, peer groups. Yeah, I love this article. Um, And again, we'll post links in the show notes. It's very short. And it was when I was just looking around about belonging. So it's, it's a website called middle earth NG. I have no idea what it is, but it didn't say anything that I thought was too weird. So, um, and it talks about having a, a, providing a sense of belonging and, you know, adolescents are going through so much change, so much is happening in their world. And so, and if they don't have a healthy place to connect family, um, social clubs, sports, whatever it is, then they're going to go to those unhealthy ones like drugs and gangs or all of the terrible social media stuff that we see happening. And so one of the things it talked about, um, this is how to create a strong sense of belonging for a teen in your world. So primarily targeted to parents and this sentence, I'm just going to read it word for word. The best way to develop a strong sense of community, or I'm sorry, the best way to develop a strong sense of belonging is to create a community within your family. Um, And then it goes on to talk about what that means. It's about parents valuing their teens, you know, and that's really important because it's so easy to just blow them off if they're having a bad day or like they're not really people um, supporting them in their activities and then creating family traditions. Um, Let's see, what did I say earlier, though, that was really. You talked about the family traditions, like creating. Yeah. Those as being a key thing. That was what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Family traditions, anything from just, I actually saw this as my kids got older, they would talk about the things. Oh, we always, you know, ate dinner at the table. We always, you know, did this on such a night. And so when, as they get older, you hear them say that, but the, this sentence I really liked, it says, um, if your teen belongs to your family, they will pick up and integrate the values and good habits that you as parents or other significant others, um, model to them. And they put the word belongs in quotation marks, which I really love because it's like, cause the, the, the topic here is belonging in the primary group they should belong to like foundationally is family, you know, and traditions and, and all that stuff. And all of that can help mitigate some of the desire to do all the social media stuff. Um, I also pulled up an article, which I haven't really read, 
but it was about, you know, what happened recently with Facebook, you know, with the whistleblower Mm -hmm. um, talking about Instagram and teenage girls and suicide because they're trying to fit in and look a certain way. Um, But having a sense of belonging to something like family is a great start. And I feel bad, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm a single mom, I don't have or we have issues in our family, whatever it is, but none of that matters really if you're still valuing your team, modeling some good behaviors, having some rituals, that means a lot. I mean, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. And we were talking and we were talking about what's the bridge, but because when you were talking about that article, I had said that like with any developmental theory you look at, adolescence is a time where they are trying to figure out who they are. And all of them also identify that during that time, peer groups, they just seem to trump family sometimes and, or a lot of the time. And so even with very, very close knit, strong families, you know, that's just a time in someone's life when they are trying to figure out who they are, who are they as a person, who are they within their family who are they within their school, within their friend group and so forth. And so they're, they're trying to figure that out. And um, you know, get, as you were talking and you were talking about valuing teens and, you know, I think that the connection there would be that like valuing who they are, who are they, who they are becoming as a person. Mm-hmm. I think that as parents, you know, obviously as, we take job that job very seriously Mm -hmm. and we definitely want you know children to have our beliefs and follow kind of Mm -hmm. you know our our guidelines for right and wrong Mm -hmm. where at the same time like allowing them a little bit more room to be their own person develop their own identity because that's really what that's growing up growing up they're not yeah. going to be under your domain for much yes. longer. Do they feel like you value them as the person they're becoming or as they're trying to become versus mm-hmm. you need to always be this way, do this and so forth. I read a, another article too, that was more directed toward educators, but, it, and I'll put the the link in there too, but it had a couple of really good recommendations. Um, for, well, one of them was social media. Um, and the other one was when you're trying to guide them through whatever it is they're going through. And one of the things I'll pull it up here, I really thought was very interesting the way that they worded it. It said, well, it said, listen, not lecture. Don't always jump into a lecture, but prepare, not protect. And I thought that was so good. You know, when your kids are a little bitty, you're protecting them from falling off the bike. You're protecting them from touching the stove or sticking their finger in the light switch. But now as they're getting a little bit older, um, looking at it as the concept of preparing them, that way you're helping them and they feel important in your world and then they belong to your family. Yeah. And I I read something not long ago about a woman, she was talking about how um, appreciative she was looking back, I guess, as a teenager, she decided she wanted to be a vegetarian. And her mom was like, okay, you can be a vegetarian, but I'm not going to make special foods just because you're a vegetarian. And the girl said that that lasted about um, two days. And then her mom was making 
foods that went along with her vegetarian diet and like the other family was eating it as well. And she was talking about how appreciative she was. I feel like, you know, like stuff like that, that's an example of right. Valuing who they're trying to become as a person. Have you seen that commercial? I think it's for Publix, maybe for the online ordering or something. And the girl walks into the kitchen and says, Oh, by the way, I'm pescatarian. And so the mom has the the phone, which is a whole nother story. Cause there's a mom and a dad there, but the mom has the, the, the mobile app and she's like, okay. And you could tell she's scrolling, looking for that. And the dad goes, what's pescatarian. And the mom's like, Oh my God, get with the program. But you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I gotta be honest. So part of me was thinking, okay. So the girl walks in and says, I'm pescatarian. And now you're just going to change your whole life. But <laughs> Anyway, you know, um, it's hard, isn't it? Cause like it, it's hard. It's things like that can be difficult. You know, my, all three of my kids, like I for sure wasn't anywhere near a perfect mother at all. You know, we've, you and I've had these private conversations, but they all three, despite, I mean, I feel like we did try to create, you know, Tim and I in the blended family, I feel like we did try to create a sense of family in a sense of belonging. We took vacations together and we did always eat at the table and we, we tried to do all that, but all three of them did things in order to belong to another group. And, and we've all, most of it revolves around, okay, this is funny. So one day we have this blended family, right? So there's my three kids. And then we had two, three of Tim's adopted kids. And then we blended them all together. Well, my two oldest, when they were young, did not get along at all, at all. So they're teenagers. I come home from teaching one day and I go up into the bedroom and Jamie and Lindsay, the two that didn't get along, were just like, you know, just like in a huddle whispering with each other. And I was like, what is going on? So then a little while later, I come back upstairs and all of them are in the bedroom. And I'm like, this is weird. I mean, cause when I walked in, it was like dead silence. Well, come to find out that Lindsay, who was 15 had gotten together with some of her friends and they were all drinking some sort of prepackaged alcohol. And they took a picture and put it on MySpace, posted it out there for the world to see. That was the last time that ever happened. But Lindsay <laughs> did that. I'm sure it was. It was. I lost my freaking mind. And that's what, and Michael, the youngest, um, he had a, a similar thing, but the police were called. He was, I had just flown in from a, you know, I was working, I'd flown in. It was like 11 o'clock at night. The police called, it was a big party. You know, I'm grabbing his face, smelling his mouth. You know, he didn't, he said he didn't drink, but he was still there because this was his group. You know, mm-hmm. these were his friends. And then Jamie, now these are only the things I know about. Um, when he was in college, he was a, a freshman. So he was only, he went to, he was 17 when he started college. Mm-hmm. So he was 18 or 19, was drinking, fell down, got a concussion, had to go to the hospital. I'm in England. I get a call in England. <laughs> so, but anyway, I say all that to say that, you know, Michael, the youngest told, one of the things he told me was that. I didn't really allow them to like, like I lost my mind about everything, you know, with the drinking and I mean, I just, I didn't, I didn't like work with them. I just flipped my lid and lost my mind. And that made me really sad 
Because what we're talking about here, like you said, is you have to view them as people and growing people and experiencing things and preparing them, not just trying to protect them. And I think I fell short there, you know, on that. And they, 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 they all did fine. They're all great, by the way. None of them, you know, had any more trouble with the law, <laughs> but it was a tough time. And I'm sure a lot of parents have experienced that. Well, yeah. And I think they, they hear you have to say, like, we have to just put aside like the mom guilt because I do Ugh. think that you're right. I mean, everybody does the best they, they can, what you think is the right thing um, right at that moment. And so like, if you think about that, you know, when your 15 year old is drinking, there's a lot of things that can come up, worries, concerns, and so forth. And so it's hard to know, like, what is the appropriate response? You know, apparently not screaming and losing <laughs> your mind <laughs> <laughs> and grabbing and smelling and, uh, you know, um, I, I would absolutely want to point out that I know for a fact, you know, your family had community and, you know, I was always like everything at school. Like I know, you know, the bring your daughter to work day. I mean, I know you did lots of stuff with your kids. So, yeah, we did. And I think that, so maybe part of the, I don't know, the lesson or it's not going to be perfect you know, it's, it's not going to be perfect and kids are still going to experiment and try, but I do feel like they did not default to any serious negative trying to get back into groups. Cause even though I did lose my mind, I also set some very definite boundaries and I feel like they kind of knew, okay, this, I hope anyway, they never worded it this way, but this is my primary group, you know, right? my family, this is my primary group. And I tried this and I still might try other things, um, but this is the one that I'm going to have to default to. And, and everybody has a family, even if your family is not. Mine was definitely not traditional. You know, it was my three kids and Tim's one biological and he wound up adopting some of his his sister's children. So it was definitely who had been in foster care for years. Um, but we tried to create a community for them, too. So it's not perfect, but 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 all of us can be involved somehow in creating that community for young people. So they don't have to default to that negative sense of belonging. Right. And it can be more outreaching than just like, you know, parents, like you had said in the beginning, you know, just community in general. Yeah. Positive sense of belonging. Youth groups or, you know, any place where they, they feel like they're valued and loved. Um, the social media is, is a concern, but one of the, one of the things on another one of the websites that I'll post to was, um, model, not metal when it comes to social media. So as you're trying to keep your, your young person on target to not spend their whole lives on social media, we have to model that instead of just meddling, 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 setting rules. Cause they are going to do it. Right. Right. They're going to do it and they're going to find ways to get around the rules you set. Yes, they are. Michelle, you sent another article about, I think we skipped right over about like the importance to them of belonging and what it means to them. You sent me an article about that. And so the article talks um, some about um, the importance of belonging when it comes to like mental health and the importance of belonging when it comes to like social um, 
belonging, community belonging, and so forth. And so I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah, do. Um, yeah, so yeah, the article, um, the last one I sent, it's the relationships between school belonging and students' motivational, social, emotional, behavioral, and academic outcomes in secondary education. And so we both, <laughs> right, it's a long. That's a horrible. T- <laughs> I know it's an academic title. Like my dissertation has a long, boring title, but I'm like, whoa, nobody's going to just pick that up and read it. So yeah, right, give us right, the rundown. Yeah. It's a meta-analysis, so it, they looked at lots of different articles, and so kind of just the the overview, kind of what they found was that sense of belonging within community, within the school community, absolutely, with most adolescents, affects their motivation and the academic outcomes. Not always, but you know, if there isn't a sense of belonging there. Mm-hmm. then motivation, engagement, um, attendance, all of those things tend to go down. And so um, when, again, kind of talking about social media, like you mentioned yeah. before, it's so ingrained in culture right now that that is kind of a, a part of that to some degree. I mean, so it can have positive, but it can also have very negative. And I have a um, a good friend who's a very diligent, very on top of it parent who, you know, she said, you know, if I did not let my son play online games, he would have no friends because that is just part of his yeah. friend group community. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough, um, a tough thing to navigate sometimes. You just got to be involved, I think. Right. I mean, you and I were both a little like social media for our kids. It was just kind of starting you know, when they were of the age where they could jump on, but now they're on it so young. No, so young. Yeah. Like 12, six, you know, even younger. Yeah. No. Um, one of the, I know, I remember what I was going to say earlier and I had watched, I don't know if I've talked about this in a podcast before, but have we talked about the movie taken? Not on the podcast. No. Okay which I watched it in a hotel room by myself like 10 years ago. And it's, so if you don't want to know what it is, I'll post a link, but it's, it's about basically um, sex trafficking, you know, Liam Neeson. Is that his name? Liam. Okay. So he's, you know, a big tough guy and his daughter and her friend get taken when they go to Europe for a trip and then blah, blah, you know, he beats them up and all that stuff, but it was so upsetting to me. So I did get involved in some, human trafficking organizations, which I really want to get back into, but my husband and I were talking about it the other day. And he says, well, you've talked about it many times. Let's watch it. So we watched it again. Then I didn't sleep all night. Um, and then I started listening to a few podcasts, but one of the stories that I heard, um, the girl on the podcast shared it from YouTube. So I'll post a link to it, but her story is just like the epitome of what can happen at the far end when we have kids who don't belong. So she's this teenage girl. I think she was 17 and she was telling the story of how she just was a misfit. She didn't fit in. She didn't have any friends. She had no place to belong. I think she even used the word and this girl befriended her. And she said, it was the coolest girl I've ever met in my life. She became my best friend. We did everything together. And a short time later, she took her to a party And they left. And suddenly this girl was like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. She tells the other girl, she says, well, you owe me $600 
for all the stuff we've been doing lately for the car and for this, and for that. So she hands her this pile in a bag and she said, there's a bikini in here and some heels and there's a, a strip club over here. And I want you to go in there and strip and till you make the $600. So anyway, it turned out that she did, she did what the woman said and then they were threatening her and they took her back and she, it was a year. They had her for a year and it just, it's just heartbreaking. Cause you think of um, like the movie taken, the, the girls literally get dragged out of a hotel room overseas. And although right. that kind of stuff does happen, you know, girls can go on trips and, and that can happen, but more, more often than that is young girls who don't belong and they don't fit in. They don't have a place and they get manipulated by someone into this life where they, it begins with, oh my gosh, you know, you're so wonderful and, and we're together and look, you have this, this relationship now and you have this family and you have this place to be and they get their trust and then bam, it all changes. So I know that's the extreme that can happen, but it's everything from just, it breaks my heart. If it's even just sadness on the part, cause I didn't fit in, I didn't belong, you know, and you, you struggled with that too. So whatever I can do now as an adult, whether it's just to encourage a young person um, with my own kids, with my grandkids, then I'm going to do it just whatever I can to help that next generation. Yeah. I mean, I think the two, cause like my um, situation is kind of different. Like I have one son who's now out of, of high school and um, he's never been like, I'm very guarded and protected, protective of him, but like, he has never been one that follows the group. He's always kind of been like, I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that wasn't isolating, isolating for him, which was also difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where it's tough either way. I mean, you have kids who definitely want to belong, but you, you know, you also have people who are like, no, I'm not going to do that. Then it's difficult on the other side of that as, as well. So like fostering like healthy. You mean, do you mean encouraging him to be parts of things? Is that what you're talking about? Like difficult on your end as a parent? watching. I think, I think it was very difficult to know, yeah. like, and again, kind of not necessarily knowing like the community, cause we were fairly new in the community when he was, um, in high school and not necessarily knowing it's like him saying, you know, I don't really want anything to do with that. But at the same time, like ideally you would want to foster positive, healthy community, but without really knowing what that looks like, I think parents struggle with that. Like what kind of things do you encourage People, he ended up getting involved with the soccer team, which I think was a very mm. positive thing, but um, it could still, it'd still be tough. Well, I think maybe our takeaways from today are just trying to foster. If you're a parent, it doesn't matter if you're a single parent, it doesn't matter if you have a huge extended family, whatever that is, is fostering that sense of community in your own world you know, valuing the young person in your life, making them a part, um, preparing them, not protecting them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of those are oh, modeling and not meddling, you know, showing them the behavior that's healthy versus just lecturing and preaching. Um, I think all those are good, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just being there. Yeah. Just being there. Cause they can be difficult. That is for sure. 
Well, we love that you all keep showing up. Um, We are about to probably turn a corner and we may have one or two episodes that's just us again for a while. We're not sure, but we have several women that we're um, in the interview process with to have on the show. We have some really exciting ones. So we'll be we'll be putting that out there soon, letting you know who we're interviewing, what the topics are. Um, We want to hear from you, but thank you as always for being here. Um, Go visit our show notes so that you can see the links to some of the things we've talked about today, the articles, the ideas, Um, Michelle's business link will be in there, just everything that we've talked about today. Um, Invite your friends, please interact with us as much as you can. And if you're not comfortable posting on the blog, you know, the show notes or social media, um, send a private message on Facebook, whatever it is, we would love to hear, you know, what you're going through, what you need, what you'd like to talk about, any of that. So I think that's all we got for today. Is that right? Yep. I think that's it. Okay. Well then we don't know what episode it'll be next time, but until we're together again, consider consider yourself. Oh, let's see.